Hey friends, welcome to The Drivecast, a daily podcast walking through the Bible to help us read it in, pray it up, and live it out. My name's Dan, and I serve as the teaching pastor for our new Worthington campus. Today, we're looking at Revelation 7, verses 1 through 8. I'll read the passage, and we'll get started. Revelation 7, 1 through 8. After this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, restraining the four winds of the earth, so that no wind could blow on the earth or on the sea or on any tree. Then I saw another angel rising up from the east, who had the seal of the living God. He cried out in a loud voice to the four angels who were allowed to harm the earth and the sea, Don't harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we seal the servants of our God on their foreheads. And I heard the number of the sealed, 144,000 sealed from every tribe of the Israelites, 12,000 sealed from the tribe of Judah, 12,000 from the tribe of Reuben, 12,000 from the tribe of Gad, 12,000 from the tribe of Asher, 12,000 from the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000 from the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000 from the tribe of Simeon, 12,000 from the tribe of Levi, 12,000 from the tribe of Issachar, 12,000 from the tribe of Zebulun, 12,000 from the tribe of Joseph, 12,000 from the tribe of Benjamin. First, let's read it in. In Revelation 7, 1 through 8, John is finally witnessing the seventh seal being opened, which reveals how God will protect his children during the tribulation. Though it's opened after the previous seals, it's somewhat parenthetical to show how God's people are going to be protected from the judgment of the earth. He sees four angels at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth, after which another angel rising from the sun calls out to the four winds, giving instructions not to harm the earth or the sea or the trees until they have sealed the servants of God on their foreheads. And this is always one of those interesting parts of the book of Revelation where we're not quite sure what to do with the image of God's judgment. But I think we need to be careful before we think too little of this idea that God would bring judgment or if we kind of dismiss it as this archaic picture of a wrathful God that we want nothing to do with. You see, in our current cultural moment, one of the loudest cries that we see and hear regularly is a cry for justice. It's a response to injustice. And ultimately what we see in the biblical storyline is that our God cares far more about justice than anyone else ever could. And justice is really this two-sided coin where on the one hand, we want him to do something about the evil that we see in the world around us. The other side of that coin is we don't necessarily want him to do anything about that evil when it deeply involves us. You see, for God to be a God of justice means he cares about perfect justice. And we aren't the ones who get to define what that is. He is the one who defines what that is. And ultimately, this is one of the things we're seeing in his judgment in the book of Revelation. Jump back to the text with me. The specific number of those sealed belonging to the 12 tribes of Israel is listed. And maybe this is 
pointing to the fullness of God's salvation and his complete protection. We can get really caught up in the numbers here, the 144,000 or the exact 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes. And I think what's happening here is these numbers are, and I want to be careful, are a bit symbolic of the completeness of God's salvation. 12 is an important biblical number. It shows up to primary places with the 12 tribes of Israel and the 12 disciples in the New Testament. And I think this is hinting at the fullness of how God is going to bring people to himself. Those whom he has called, he will bring to himself. God's faithfulness is to his people and to preserve them throughout time. And this signifying the end of time is no different. Though things uh, in time change, the Ancient of Days does not, and his plans cannot be thwarted. So what this shows us is we can look with hope at the pronouncement of judgment on earth as our protection is secured and under the guaranteed provision for those of us who have placed faith in the shed blood of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. In Genesis 12, Exodus 12, God instructs Moses to have the Israelites kill and eat a spotless lamb and to put some of its blood on the doorposts and uh, the outside of their home. And this was decreed by God uh, to give the Passover signal to the angel of death so that the people inside those homes would be protected when judgment was set on the land of Egypt. Ultimately, God acted then, and he will act now to protect his people covered by the Lamb's blood during the final judgment. Now, let's take a moment to pray it up and pray back some of these themes that we see in this passage. I'm going to share a few prayer points, and after each one of them, I'm going to pause and give you an opportunity to pray. The first two verses Uh, John sees another angel ascending, calling with a loud voice to the four angels. And he says, like we talked about, don't don't harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the servants of God. See, salvation belongs to those who put their faith in Christ's finished work on the cross. Until the complete number of those sealed individuals has been reached, God will wait. Let's spend a moment praying that God would open doors for you to share the gospel and offer his salvation to those in your sphere of influence, which God has not yet drawn to himself. Let's think about that from another angle. And take some time to remember the salvation that God has offered to you in Jesus. Spend some time thanking him for his sacrifice, his protection, and his uh, preservation over us. And finally, let's live it out. Talk about not just hearing these words, but going out and living differently because of them, because of our relationship with Jesus. There's a couple of things to think about. Are there areas in your life that keep you occupied and distracted from making it a priority to create relationship opportunities and share your faith story? 
are there any areas in your life where you're regularly bumping up against folks who do not follow Jesus? Where, uh, you know, maybe for such a time as this, God has placed you in their lives to share your story in the hope that you have embedded within you because of Jesus. What does that look like at the playground when you're taking your kids out uh, after school and interacting with other moms or dads there? What does it look like for you at the workplace to slowly begin to build more and more relationship with those around you and uh, find little moments to share your faith story? Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us for the Drivecast, and we'll see you back here on Monday morning.